0: turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 for me, or devices or whatever it is that you guys decide to use. 2 Timothy chapter 3. So this week is always, it, it gets me thinking in a different vein, different avenue. It's the week after Easter, right? So I always think, well, How cool would it have been? I mean, it would have been cool to be with Jesus for those three years of his ministry, right? That would have been pretty amazing in itself. But how cool would it have been to be able to hang out with him those last 40 days after the resurrection? Like before that, I mean, let's let's be honest, kind of confusing, right? Eat of my flesh, be born again. His temple will be torn down. Kind of confusing. Kind of a lot of parables, a lot of riddles, things like that. But after the resurrection, after the death, and come back to life, and all of the things that he taught for those first three years start falling into place, right? Those last 40 days he was here after the resurrection, Wouldn't it have been amazing to sit and to listen and to hear? I mean, what do you think he talked about? you think, think he told his disciples about going to hell and stealing the keys, kicking the devil in his teeth? How awesome would that have been to hear that story, right? I mean, I work around guys in construction, and they're always telling these tall tales of something, usually nonsense and not true. But how cool would it have been to hear Jesus talk about I can. I'm a. I'm a superhero movie guy. So I can imagine the things that he was doing with demons at the time, throwing them around and kicking in doors. And wouldn't it have been awesome to be there with him? Wouldn't it? But then, as I was. I was thinking about what God wanted me to, and praying about what God wanted me to share with you all. He brought me to this scripture, and this isn't what. This isn't in Second Timothy. This is just a, a, an addition. This is John chapter one. Verse fourteen. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten son of the father full of grace and truth. Read that first part again. And the word became flesh. It dawned on me actually just this morning that although that Those last 40 days would have been really cool to be there with him and to hear the stories and to have him explain this is what I meant when I said this and now do you understand here, you know, this is why we did all we did. We still have him. We still have the word. Those last 40 days would have been amazing. But now thanks to the gift of the Holy Spirit, infallible Word, we can hang out with Him every day, every moment of every day. Amen? So that's what brings me to my message today that I feel like God's put on my heart for you all tonight. And if you'll hang on a little bit, I've really got something I want to talk to you about at the very end, but we're going to talk about the Word of God. And I know you guys have been in church for quite a while. That here in a minute let's read second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work so that's where we're going to be and that's really probably where we're going to stay for time purposes so again, I realize, you know, when I was, when God put this on my heart, I was like, do you really want me to talk to them about reading the Bible again? How many times, right? How many times in your Christian life have you heard a man or a woman talk to you and teach you about reading your Bible? How many? Countless? I mean, it's been a lot, right? And it's almost to me, see, I, I won't get into it of my ability to study when I was younger. To me, when somebody would talk to me about what I should be doing or, you know, you ought to be reading your Bible and you ought to be doing this, it, would, it was like, it's just this big obligation, and it was just this chore, right? Like, I need another thing added to the list of things that I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I need one more reason to feel bad about myself. Because the truth of the matter is, we don't find enough time to get into his Word. Right? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we really don't. We don't find enough time. It's, it's, it, it's not really all that important to us because it's it's one of those things that seems to be like a chore. And then we feel guilty if we don't do enough of it. It's kind of like, uh, like when I think about it, I kind of like attest it to like eating correctly. Right? Like we know we're supposed to eat right. We're supposed to eat our vegetables. Yet yeah, we just ate 80 pe- boxes of pizza. Right? Like, we all know we're supposed to eat right. I have a friend. He just walked into my showroom the other day, and he's lost all kinds of weight. Looked fantastic. I said, man, how would you do Man, you look fantastic. He goes, yeah, I found out I was pre-diabetic. Had to start eating right. Had to quit going to Dairy Queen every day. And he's lost like 30 pounds in two months. He looks amazing. But it took his doctor saying, if you don't start eating right, you're going to die. So guess what? He started eating right. But if we know we can get away with the bare minimum, it's human nature. We know we can get away with the bare minimum, and we're still going to be okay. Like like most of us, on average, I don't want to call any. I'm not calling anybody out personally, but let's just be honest. You guys probably read your Bible hopefully once a week. Hopefully. The average Christian Hopefully. But we know we can get by with that. God hasn't come down and smited us or kicked us in the rear, right? So we know we can just get by with living a good life and coming to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. And, you know, we're getting by and we're doing good and we're checking all the boxes, right? Usually, I wrote this down, getting by with the minimum is fine when all it affects is ourselves. Getting by with the bare minimum is fine, when all it affects is ourselves. And we're going to get, it's, I'm, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but my point number three is going to get into that a little bit tonight. we got to understand that what we do, I'm going to repeat myself later on, but what we do every day as a believer, whether it be prayer, whether it be adoration, whether it be brothers and our sisters, whether it be getting into the word, it's not for us. It's not for us. And so God can thoroughly equip us to do the work of the ministry, to do every good work. It's for others. Getting by with the bare minimum is fine. My point, my, my purpose, and my goal tonight is to encourage you in a new way to get into the Word. And like I said, at the very end, I really I got a charge for you guys, straight from the Holy Spirit. But my, my, my goal is to encourage you to get into the Word. Not in a obligatory way. Is that a word? Obligatory? I think that's a word. If it's not, I just made it up, so we can write it down. Not as an obligation. you want to okay and i'm gonna ask the holy spirit to help me do that all right so let's go you guys know how i do this i love what god's been doing with me in the word lately he's he's literally dissecting scripture word for word and it's been amazing so verse 16 all scripture is given by inspiration of god point number one it's god inspired all scripture is god inspired now we know this but this when i read this here recently it's taken on a whole new uh, it's got it's taken on a whole new weight to me and here's why okay i'm going to be fairly transparent here the last 3 years i've been i've been in a really dry place and and i can blame it on circumstances i can blame it on things around me but i've been in a desert for and, until this sounds horrible, but really until December or November of last year. And and God started relighting a fire in me. And then in January, it was like an explosion. So, so when I read this, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Guys, I'm at a place where all I want to do is please Him. Like, all I want to do is please Him. Everything I watch, everything I listen to, every conversation that I have, Everything I do with my time, I want it to be pleasing to my king and my savior like never before. I thought when I first got saved, I thought there's no way I could be more on fire than I was in those first two years. But guys, the way that I'm feeling right now towards the Holy Spirit and what he's calling me to do, it it goes way beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And to think that all scripture was inspired by God. Y'all, I'm just going to be honest. I used to sit in the drive-thru. I'll give you a a Dunkin' Donuts in Gray. The drive-thru there is crazy. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, come on. If you need a job, go to Dunkin' in Gray and show them how to run a restaurant. It's crazy. Hopefully nobody here works there. It takes forever. So usually... What I would do in the past was I would get on ESPN. I'm not really on social media. I don't do any of that stuff. But i get on ESPN or I'd look up Fox News or, you know, I'd be sitting there like, God, these people are ridiculous. And I'm scrolling through or I'm playing. I, I, I got this Marvel game, this Marvel comics game I play. I'm a nerd that way. But I would just waste my time with that. But, guys, I'm, I don't want to waste any more time. I don't have any more time to waste. I, I I open up the Word, and I'm and I'm not paying attention to the people in front of me, so I'm getting honked at because there's two car links. Like, I'm sorry, I'm reading in John. Don't leave me alone. I don't have any more time to waste. And why would I want to do anything else with my time? if everything written in this book is inspired by God and all I want to do is please my king, why would I want to do anything else but get in his word? Point number one, it is inspired by God. Let's read on. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Stop. All scripture is profitable. It's always adding. Never subtracts. Ever. Never minus. Always plus. So that means even if it's one verse a day, it adds. It's never a waste of time. It always adds to your life. It always adds hope. It always adds peace. It always adds love. It's always an addition Never a minus. Think about that. What do we do, and I'm not trying to beat you guys up, but what do we do day to day that doesn't add? That's not profitable? What do we do? Listen, I'm going to be honest with you guys. My wife and I, we love a she wrote. I'm just going to be honest. You can think less of me if you want. I love... I love me some murder, she wrote. Jessica Fletcher, I wish she really was my aunt. But we call her Aunt Jess, don't we, babe? We watch it almost every night. We'll talk on the phone about 3 or 4 o'clock. Like, hey, babe. She goes, man, I can't wait to watch some Aunt Jess with you. No, I can't wait to watch some Aunt Jess with you either. We're in season 17. And when we get to season 9, or I'm sorry, we're in season 7. We get to season 9, guess what? We're going to go back to season 1. We love us some Aunt Jess. She's awesome. You young people don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Oh, good. Thank you, Aletheia. It's awesome. Such a good show. I could sit here and talk about that for another 15 minutes, but I'm not going to. But it doesn't add anything to my life. The only thing it does is wonder why people are still hanging out with this woman that's always got people dying around In every episode somebody dies and there she is but really it doesn't add anything to my life now hanging out with my wife that's an addition for sure I don't mean to, to, to belittle that by no means but I'm sitting there for 45 minutes watching a show made in the 80s profits mean nothing what do you do how do you spend your A girl's 14, gonna be 15. I've only got three or four years left with her until she goes to college, if that's God's will. My son just turned 13. I don't have that much more time. Time is going by. Can you guys believe it's almost May? The Word of God is always profitable. And then Paul actually. Gives us some things that it's profitable in. And these are actually really, really cool. So, the first thing it's profitable in is doctrine. It's profitable for doctrine. So, here's the deal most of us believe in the doctrine that we believe in because that's what we've been taught. Think about it. Most of us believe what we believe, the Bible says, for doctrine because that's what you've been taught been in church, your family taught you, your grandparents taught you, Sunday school taught you. Most of us believe what we believe because that's what we've been taught. But what if the people that taught us were wrong? See, here's the deal. Anybody can get up here with a microphone and say this is what the Word of God says and this is what it means. But Jesus didn't die so somebody else could have a relationship with him and then he could tell you about Jesus died and was raised again so you could have a relationship with him so you can get into his word and you can understand how much he loves you for your personal benefit and the benefit of others I'm tread lightly here um, we saw this not long ago we were in a meeting I was in a meeting and Get into exactly what it was, but well, I'll I'll go ahead and get into what it was. It was it was talking about the gifts of the spirit, and and in particular, speaking in tongues. And half of the room thought it was dead because that's what they'd been taught. But in Second Corinthians chapter fourteen, it says, "Do not, do not, neglect speaking in tongues." In Scripture. It says, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Now, I know that's a very weird kind of thing, and, it's, and I'm not going to get into all that today. But it was really awesome because we had a group full of men, okay? Now, think about this. Men, thick-headed, I know right, I'm the right, ro- I know what I'm talking about. Half of the room believed one way and half of the room believed the other. So what did we do? We committed as men to get into the Word, give it two or three weeks, get into the Word, let's study. And guess what happened? Because we all did what we were called to do and we were asked to do, we all got back in the room and we said, you know what? I was wrong. The Word of God says that speaking in tongues is still alive. And so that's why here at Grace Meadows, we permit the gifts of the Spirit to be used in in accordance with the Word of God, not out of control, not the weird stuff that we see happen, but in accordance with the Word of God. Candace and I grew up in a church, a fantastic church with fantastic people, But we were taught some doctrinal things that just that we ended up not agreeing with because we were in the word for ourselves. So we decided for our family, we had to leave that church. Now, it's still an awesome church, and they're doing amazing things, and they're awesome people. But for my family and I, because we were able to get into the word and understand that maybe this isn't the way we want to raise our kids. We were able to make that decision for ourselves. So the word of God is profitable, always adding in the in the area of doctrine. And then reproof. That reproof, I'll be honest with you, I had to look it up. It says, (laughs) points towards blame. Reproof, points towards blame. The word of God will point you to your need for a savior. See, salvation doesn't just happen one time and then you're perfect. We all know that, right? But the word of God, as long as you're in it, will continue to remind you that we need Jesus every day. Because we're always guilty. Amen? At least I am. My wife, not so much. She's blameless. She's perfect. I'm guilty. It's always my fault. Say that. It's on recording. (laughs) And then in correction, the word of God is profitable for correction. It leads us to the path of repentance. Us to know what grace is. It shows us how to get right back. See, because in our own minds, how many of us, um, you know, how many of us feel so guilty because we're so stupid that sometimes we just want to go put our heads in a hole and forget about the rest of the world? I mean, that's just the truth. But the Word of God allows us to understand, if we're in it, allows us to understand that there's there's always a place for repentance, for correction. And then finally, it's profitable for the instruction. It instructs us in righteousness. In that same church I just told you about, there's a, a, one of my, my very first pastors, his name was Pastor Richard Hilton. Awesome man. He said, he said when you fall, he said, Dan, make sure you fall forward. fall because we all fall right but he said make sure you fall forward because that way you got to think about it if you're falling forward in order to get back up you're still moving forward now if you fall back you're on your butt you got to roll over and then sometimes ask for help to get I was talking about falling. Fall forward. It reminds us, it instructs us in righteousness. It reminds us to keep falling forward. Grace. It screams grace to me. The word of God allows us to understand grace, which is one of the hardest things to grab and to understand. Grace. Point number three. Let's keep reading read the whole thing again because it all goes together. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Here it is, verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Point number three, it's not. at these words that Paul uses complete thoroughly equipped I work in a construction field okay a lot of you guys do that are here I used to lay tile and hardwood every day like I was the installer I was the only one installed and it would <laughs> I, I, I this happened to me way too often I would get to a job site, I was getting ready to lay tile. Now, there's certain tools that you need to lay tile. There's just certain things that you need, okay? You need a trial, you need buckets, you need a wet saw, you, need, you don't need a scribe bar, but it's helpful. You know, you need sponges, you need a broom, you need a shop vac, all the cords, and it would happen at least once a week. It actually happened to me this week. I'm laying tile again because we're so busy. I got to a job site, I get all set up, and I go to get my extension cord. Oh, God. I forgot this. Kind of hard to run a wet saw without an extension cord. Because you can't plug it up inside because it gets water everywhere and your contractor will kill you. So guess what I had to do? I had to get back in my truck, I had to go to Lowe's, I had to get an extension cord, I had to come back, wasted like an hour and a half of my day. Because you know you go to Lowe's and you gotta talk to everybody. Hey, how's it going? It's good to see you. Right? Complete. a way of preparing us to do exactly what God's called us to do, exactly how he's called us to do it. Here's my last point, the point. okay? It's not just for you. The day you got saved, the prayer you probably prayed probably sounded something like this. For me, I'll tell you how mine sounded, okay? I'll save you all the details and all the tears because i start talking about it and I'll start bawling like a baby. But here's how the prayer sounded. remember it like it was yesterday it was 22 years ago but I remember it was like yesterday I was was down on my hands and knees in the bedroom on carpet flooring that was probably 20 years old and I didn't know what to say all I could say was I need you I'm screwing this up probably said a cuss word or two asleep I I just I poured it all out I mean I was bawling like a baby and I said I need you and I fell asleep and I woke up about an hour later and I knew I was saved I knew I was his but my initial prayer was I need you and for the first probably five years of my salvation it was all about me everything I did was about me If I prayed, it was for me. If I went to church, it was for me. If I read the word, which wasn't a whole lot, it was for me. Everything I did was about me and what God was doing in my life. And that's where a lot of us stay. That's where a lot of us just stop. God, show me about where we're at as a church, okay? I've sat and I've asked why a lot. Why? Not because I'm mad, but just because I'm curious. Why? I wonder why we had this divide. And a lot of the, our, what we call church family at one time is now over in Daniel Boone. Why? God, you have a purpose in it. Your word tells me that all things work to the good for those of us who are called according to his purpose and love you. Now, we love you, so why? What's the good in it for us here at Grace Meadows? The size that we were, we couldn't minister the way God wanted us to minister. We couldn't love on people the way God wanted us to love on people. There was a lot services we didn't know everybody I was meeting people that said hey we go to church again I was like I've got no clue who you are that's not the way I feel like God wants us to do it not here anyway now every church has their own DNA and every church has their own purpose and plan but for Grace Meadows I believe God is calling us and take this as a personal charge if you will God is calling us to be more evangelical. Invig- He's calling us to get out of our houses, get out of our comfort zones, start inviting people to church again. Start inviting people to hear and to experience what God is doing here. And I said, God, that doesn't make sense. We don't have a pastor. You know what he said? He said, you're not going to introduce them to a pastor. He said, I want you to introduce them to me. God's got us right where he wants us. And he wants us to be thoroughly equipped, complete, to do the work. Amen. Can I get the praise and worship team to come back up? So, I'm going to ask you. Try to find some time. Try to carve off a little bit of time. Be purposeful about it. Just just a verse a day, because that verse is going to turn into two and it'll turn into three. The next thing you know, there's going to be a hunger and a thirst for the Word of God that you're gonna, you won't be able to wait to get into this Word. I can't wait to get into this Word. I, I, it's like the most important thing to me. I can't wait every day to get into this book. My business is... sharing what God shows you start sharing what God shows you God has a plan for this body and his plan is the lost see when we grew back and I praise God for the growth it was awesome but it wasn't new converts we grew after COVID because other churches shut their doors and we kept our doors open so people that wanted to go to church started coming to church and fell in love with what God was doing here on this property Praise God for that. But I want to see the kingdom grow. I want people to feel what I feel when I wake up every morning. Can I be honest with you? I feel like Jesus hugs me every morning. It's crazy. It is crazy. I feel like Jesus is giving me a hug every morning. Call me weird. I don't care. Maybe it's because I've been on job sites here in the last couple of weeks, because I told you I'm setting tile more, so I'm around more people. But it just seems like everywhere I go, the Holy Spirit, say hi to that guy. Get to know that guy right there. Ask him what his name is. Ask him how he's doing. Ask him if he needs anything. It's just, it's. God is here for a purpose. He's got us this size for a purpose. I'm ready to walk in. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. We give you glory. And we give you honor. And we give you praise. Now, Lord, I pray that you seal this word. God, encourage us to get into your word to spend more time with you, not for ourselves, God. Although your word of God, it, it, your word does so much for us personally. Push us, pull us, drag us into your presence by your Holy Spirit so we can start doing what you called us to do in a better way. Because God, getting by with the minimum is fine when all it affects is ourselves. But there's so many more people Just be obedient, God, through your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to worship just a little bit more.